Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let's abide in the Word. Is this not enough It's not, and I honestly, I can't get, I can't get this in me enough. I had a hard time with just this. I don't need nothing else. I don't need another book. I know the bookstores are full with nice books. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure the bookstore is full of nice books with nice people who wrote them, who love the Lord and love God. I got it and I'm with it. But I'm not in the big, I'm not big in the reading the latest book because I got 66 of them and I'm still working on these. <laughs> oh, did you read the book? Did you read the latest book? Did you read, oh, that book, oh, that book, oh, that book, 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 book. I might know, did you read the latest book? <laughs> Abide in Christ, word-oriented because a true disciple is in the process of getting free. The word disciple means learner, write it down. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and what saints? Learn of me. True disciples or true freedom comes from being a learner and knowing God's word. And many, many people have come to this church and, 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 and some of you are here right now. And when you got here, you were in bondage. Bondage to church, bondage to tithing, bondage to dress code. I, I, I did, when I first went to Calvary Chapel, I was in bondage to dress clothes. Went to Calvary Chapel out in California, first time I was at church, first time. At a Calvary Chapel, teaching the word, they were word-oriented. I didn't know, no, I wasn't word-oriented, but they were. And, and, and I was in bondage to church clothes, because they had on shorts and flip-flops and tank tops. And I was dressed up. I had a suit and tie on. I looked good. <laughs> Amen. I just wanted to be known. That's all. <laughs> and, I was, and I'm like, what? Bondage to dress clothes. And I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't know it. That God cares more about your heart than he does about what you're wearing. So 
so we get in bondage to we get in bondage to all kinds of things. Bondage to women's ministry, bondage to religion, bondage to judgmentalism, bondage to all kinds of things. And God's word changes all of that. And God's word sets people free. And I have watched it as a pastor. People come in with various bondages, and I've watched them just come in, sit down, listen to the word. A year later, they've been set free. I, the first time they came, they were all dressed up. Give them about two weeks. They wearing flip flops, t-shirts, and tank tops. Because <laughs> they've been set free. Because God's word will set you free. Free from performance. Free from the expectation of others. Free to worship. Free to sing. Free to come to church. Free to give money to further the kingdom of God. If the Son sets you free, He makes you free. You're free indeed. And although freedom is wonderful, it wasn't cheap. Because it was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus, so don't take advantage of it. Number three, know the truth. Know the truth. Now we're going to move a little quicker here. Know the truth. Sad to say, many people have given up on the quest to find truth. You know, at one point in our history, truth was very important, wasn't it? People used to search for truth, and they were called lovers of wisdom. Today, people question truth. Every time I think of truth, I think of Jack Nicholson. I'm stuck on movies today. I don't know where my head is. I think a few good men, Jack Nicholson, Colonel Jessup. You know, that's my favorite courtroom scene. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can handle the truth. I love that movie. <laughs> I am telling you, I want to go see it today. I'm going to put it in. I got it on the DVD. I love that movie. I thought about that, and I thought, you know, we live in a culture of people where they can't handle the truth. And so they say there is no truth. Nothing is meaningful. People say there's no absolute truth. They say the only truth that is absolute is that there is absolutely no truth. Interesting, isn't it? Because people who say that there is no absolute truth, these same people would say there's no such thing as right or wrong. These same people don't want to be lied to. They say there's no such thing as right or wrong. There's no absolute truth. No such thing as right or wrong. But these same people, they don't want to be lied to. They don't want their car stolen. Why? Because lying and stealing is absolutely wrong. I wish one of those people would, who don't believe in truth. I, I wish, because I, I really like awkward moments. I, I actually do. I have to commit it. I have to admit, I, I, like awkward, I like awkward moments where it's just like, awkward, you know. I just I don't know why. And I, I really wish one of those people that say there's no right, no wrong. I wish one of them one day they just come to me and say, hey, would you uh, give me directions to Chapel Hill? I'll say, yeah, take the I-40 East all the way to the end. <laughs> and they come back and they, they're, they're angry at me and they say, uh, well, wait a minute, you sent me the wrong way. And I would say, hey, I thought you didn't believe in any truth. There is truth. There is right and there is wrong. And it's unfortunate that young people in our colleges are trying to discover truth. 
And when they get there, not only do they not discover truth, they find that nobody else discovered truth either. And the professor doesn't know any more than they do. And maybe the professor has concluded that there is no truth in promoting an existential philosophy which simply teaches do whatever you want and live for the moment, but there's no right or wrong. Many philosophies and many ideologies claim, listen, to be based on the truth. Jesus doesn't claim to know the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. If you don't hear nothing else I said, if you don't hear nothing else I said, you've been checked out, well, just check right in right here and then check back out, all right? Jesus did not say, I know the truth. He said, I am the truth. John 14, 6, memory verse, I am the way, y'all say it with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God does not claim to contain the truth. The word of God is truth. The word of God is not simply true. It's truth itself. There's no higher standard. The Bible is the final standard of truth. John 17, 17. Jesus doesn't say thy word is true. Jesus says your word is truth. Jesus is truth. And if you know Jesus, you know truth. I might not know a lot of stuff, and I don't. And I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I told you that. Not the brightest light in the bowl in the lamp. I don't know a lot of stuff. Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> I don't know a lot of stuff. I don't understand how to program a computer. And I don't understand how to send a tweet. And I'm not, you know, I don't understand how to, do all this stuff on Facebook, which changes all the time, and I don't understand healthcare. And no, nobody does. God doesn't even. God doesn't understand healthcare. I am telling you. I was at the at the healthcare lady, and I I'm about trying to pay my bill, and I said, "So how much I owe you?" And she goes, "Well, this, that, this, that, and the third, this, that, and the, this, that, and the." the, the and then you owe this much. And I was like, what? what? I was like, well, how? What? And she goes, well, you know what? I, I really don't understand it. I just know to do this, this, that, and the other. And I said, I said, oh, well, I paid the lady. I think it was 50 bucks or whatever. I paid the lady. I said, I'm going to call, uh, call the insurance company. I'm going to ask them what's going on, how this thing works. So I called them up. I said, I know not digressing. Okay, stay with me. So I, I, got, I, I called them up. And I said, well, hey, you know, I'm, this is my plan and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'd like to know how this thing works. And can you tell me? Your, and, and the lady for the insurance company, the people that we pay, she told me, I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You work there and you don't even know. Nobody knows. I digress. I may not know a lot of things, but I'll tell you what. I know the truth of the universe, and I know that Jesus Christ is the truth. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. And I know that, and you will know the truth, and the truth will, ah, will liberate you, number four. Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Real simple, once you discover the truth, you're free. Free from what? 
free from the search for the truth, free from Satan's blinding power, free from the chains of spiritual death, free from the prison house of sin, free from uh, self and people and pressure and free from the shackles of ignorance. The shackles of ignorance are shattered when you know the truth. Chains about, uh, of doubt and fear are gone. The truth shall make you free. And when you know the truth, in this truth, you can't tolerate error. Isn't that true? Listen, I don't care if you go to this church or you go to some other church. If they're teaching the word of God and you're learning God's word and you're getting a steady, clean diet of God's word, when you hear something that doesn't sound right, doesn't that put a check in your spirit? And before going to, and I know because I, I've been there, before going to a church that was Bible teaching and word solid, I, I couldn't, then I couldn't discern. God's word gives you the ability to discern. So that when you hear stuff, am I right about it? When you hear stuff, you go, I don't know about that. Right? If you hear something, you go, that's, that's weird. Well, you know, people, this, that, and the, I don't know. And let me tell you something. If I, if I go, something's wrong. I might not even be able to tell you what it is. I just know something ain't right. Because when you hear the truth, your spirit will agree with that spirit. Right? And when you hear the truth, it just comes at you easy. It's simple and you understand it is no big deal. Because truth is truth. God's truth is God's truth. And when it comes at the Christian. Because you have the Holy Spirit who teaches you. I don't teach you nothing. I get up here and I, I teach and I talk and I help you understand a few things. But to teach you, I do not teach you anything. The Holy Spirit teaches you. He makes it, reveal it to you so that you understand it. I try to shape it so that it's a little more understandable. But the Holy Spirit is the one who learns you. When you walk out the door and you learn something, the Holy Spirit gave you that. I can give it to you. I'm good, but I ain't that good. (laughs) Amen. Amen. God teaches you. And so when we learn, we learn from the Spirit. And when you hear something that doesn't sound like God, or it sounds a little off because you've been in a Bible teaching church or you've been under solid Bible teaching, you can't tolerate error. You can't. Point number two, we'll move quick. The pretense of freedom in verse 33 and 34. Look at verse 33. If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. And they answered him, we are the offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved or in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And listen, these guys have really short memories, don't they? We've never been in bondage. Really? Um, let's see. The Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Assyrians. And even while they're saying this, they're currently in bondage to Rome. Oh, but we've never been in bondage. We've never been in bondage. According to them, you see, they thought, listen, here's what's going on here. They thought they had Abrahamic security 
racial security that put them in right standing with God. Romans chapter two, Paul said, a Jew is not a Jew outwardly, but inwardly. And the Abrahamic covenant doesn't do anybody any good if your heart's not right. Circumcision doesn't do you any good if your heart's not right. Baptism doesn't do you any good if your heart's not right. Tithing doesn't do you any good if your heart's not right. Abraham is only good if you believe in God. And nobody's getting a blessing because you're of a certain race. Did you get that? Nobody, because God's kingdom doesn't work that way no, no more. Nobody gets a blessing because they're of a certain race. White folks don't get an extra blessing because they're white. Amen. Say amen, white people. (laughs) Now listen, if it's your first time here, this is how we do at Calvary Chapel. (laughs) I need to explain myself. (laughs) Because we really, honestly, we don't really care. All of that is, that's the world. We don't care. And so, and black folks don't get an extra blessing because they're black. Say amen, black people. I'm going to be equal in my. Amen. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, you meet somebody and go, oh, well, I, don't, I don't see color. I, I just don't see color. I just, I just don't see color. I'm like, what are you, Stevie Wonder? (laughs) Stevie Wonder? You don't see color. What do you mean you don't see color? I see color. I see some of y'all white and some of y'all black. Last time I looked in the mirror, I was black. I don't think that's changed, has it? Do I still look back to y'all? Calm down. But God, here's the thing. We get all caught up on that stuff and God is not because God is a God of creation and color. And God loves it. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. Listen, God loves it. When we all gather together just like this and there's black folks and white folks and African folks and Asian folks and folks, all kind of folks, we just here because of Jesus. We're not here because of any other reason. We're here because of this word. And I promise you, I promise you that pleases God. And I also will promise you that it does not please God when we segregate and separate ourselves. Because the, I'll wait while you clap your hands. And the reason it doesn't please God, because we all have to come through the red shed blood of Jesus. Everybody. So we're believers because of red. So if you want to talk about color, let's talk about red. Am I right about it? Look at verse 34. 
Jesus takes it from this world into a spiritual world and says, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Jesus says, you guys think you are descendants of Abraham. If you committed sin in your life, you are a slave to sin. Now, the word that Jesus uses for slave is doulos. Write it down. D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos. And it means bond slave. This is the most base kind of slavery. This is the guy who does the dirtiest of tasks. This is abject hopeless, wretched slavery. This guy has chains around him. Jesus says, you think you're free, but you are the slavest of slaves. You were born a slave and you die a slave from birth to death, a slave. And the only way for a slave to get out of slavery is death. And the Bible says we were born slaves, slaves to sin. And the only way that we'll ever get out of slavery is through death. And that's not our own, thank God. The death of Jesus purchased us out of the slave market of sin. And when you receive Christ, the old life dies and a new life begins. And that breaks the chains of sin. And when slaves die, you don't kick him and say, get up and do some work. If he's dead, He's dead. And that's all the slavery you're going to get out of him. And that's why the Bible says once you've died in Christ, sin no longer has dominion over you. When you died, you rose another doulos. This time, you're a slave of Jesus. The progress of freedom, the pretense of freedom, and finally, the promise of freedom. In verse 35, go ahead and look at it. The only body who held permanent rights in the house is the son. When the master's done with his slave, he would just cast him out. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want to warn you. You are slaves and not sons. And slaves have no permanent rights in the house. But as a slave, you'll be cast out. In verse 36, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free. What? Indeed. Now, watch this. You're going to love it. I'm coming in for a landing. You're going to love this. The slave analogy, Jesus jumps off the word son, small s, lowercase s-o-n, this time with a capital S. And now Jesus is talking about who? Jesus Christ. If the son Jesus makes you free. You are free indeed, honestly and truly. In other words, only the father or the son can release the slave. So if Jesus says, if the son decides to set you free, he can do it, then you really are free. And there are no strings attached. In this culture, if you are a slave and you're given freedom, you are also given a piece of paper that you were loosed. And nobody could put him back in slavery. And Jesus says, I've set you free. I've loosed you, and nobody can put you back in slavery. The Son not only sets you free, but then, okay, so you get saved, and the Son sets you free. Then he turns around and makes you a son. Isn't that interesting? He sets you free from slavery, and then turns right back around and makes you your, his son. You're not only free, but now you're a son adopted. I'll leave right here. Turn to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, and then we'll close. Uh, 1 John, I'm going to leave you here. 1 John chapter 3 
in verse 2. So we got Peter. First, second. Peter, first John, second John, you're going too far. Come back. First John, I'm leaving you with, with this. Look at chapter 3. So again, the son not only sets you free, but he turns right back around and makes your son. Yes? Look at First John chapter 3, verse, I love verse 1. So we're going to look at verse 1 and, and 2. I like verse 3 too, so we'll read that one too. Okay. <laughs> All right, look at verse 1, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called what? The children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Why? Because it did not know him. Here's the verse. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So he sets us free. And then he makes us sons, and then we're adopted into the family of God, and we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we're blessed people. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.